Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor behind SteelCurtain.com, and I am with you for a Wednesday podcast. It is Mailbag Day. It is Hump Day. And this is a show that I am extremely excited for. This is a show that, to be completely honest with you, has been a couple years coming. And I'm going to tell you the genesis of this show in this first half You know in the second half we do the mailbag every Wednesday, and we're going to dive into that. But in the first half is where I pick the topic, and I get to talk about whatever I want. So this started, I guess it was maybe Sunday? I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And I was sitting there on the couch, wife still getting their youngest to bed, and I have nothing literally to do. I'm just sitting there. I have my phone out. I'm on Twitter. And um, something comes across, maybe it's the television screen, maybe it's on my phone, I can't remember. And I think about Heinz Ward. And I'm thinking about Heinz Ward, and I'm like, man, I thought to myself, and if there was someone sitting next to me, I would have said this, but I was by myself. Did you know that Heinz Ward only has one ACL? Like, can you believe that? And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to share a picture of Heinz, just say like, hey, just don't forget this guy. And the tweet literally went, for for me, it went viral, you know, I mean, a lot of retweets, a lot of likes, a lot of people enjoyed just sharing that and remembering Heinz Ward. And so this week, with the, the news going to be coming out about the 2022 Pro Football Hall of Fame class, you're going to have the awards coming up soon with Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, all that stuff. I said, this is the day, this is the day that I need to talk about Heinz Ward. And so there are certain topics that you go into it and you're like, okay, how am I going to shape this? How am I going to formulate my plan in terms of what I'm going to talk about? And so I started just doing some digging. I've, we Steeler fans know the crux of the Heinz Ward you know, argument, if you want to put it that way. They know the crux of why Heinz Ward was great. He's one of the most beloved Pittsburgh Steelers of all time. I'm saying of all time, meaning including the 70 Steelers, Heinz Ward's up there with every single one of those guys based on how he played, the way he played the game, and just how successful he was in his own way. Okay? Steeler fans don't need to hear this. And so I thought, how am I going to how am I going to make this case more solid than what it already is to Steeler fans. And the case is, and the headline of this podcast is, why Heinz Ward is more than deserving to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So what I want to do is I wanted to equip you, the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, the diehard Steeler fan, with information that if someone comes to you and says, should Heinz Ward be in the Hall of Fame, and you can say you are earmuffs kids you're damn right he belongs in the hall of fame and here's why so that was my goal and i got fired up i am getting this information on paper and i'm like you've got to be freaking kidding me and i'm just like writing down these notes i'm scribbling i'm scribbling i mean my goodness so let's let's get this thing started as most of you should know and even if you're a young Steeler fan if you're a young fan that maybe started liking the team in the Killer B era, you need to still do your homework on some of these great Steeler players. 
like I did my homework on Mean Joe Green and some of those greats, Jack Lambert of the 1970s. It was before my time. You should be doing your homework on the players that were before your time if you weren't around to see Heinz Ward play the game. So Heinz Ward was a third-round draft pick in the 1998 draft, and he was a quarterback at the University of Georgia. So they picked up a quarterback in the third round knowing full well that he was not going to be a quarterback in the National Football League. Here's what's shocking is that out of the quarterbacks that they've drafted, and I say that loosely, Hines never really threw the ball that much. If they ran trick plays, you know who it typically was, a quarterback from Indiana, Mr. Antoine Randall L. Hines didn't throw the ball that much in the National Football League. And so the background information about Hines is, you know, third-round pick from Georgia, was a quarterback. And I mentioned this at the top of the show, and I got to say it again. The dude only has one ACL. Like, he only has one anterior cruciate ligament in his knee. He didn't even know it. I think it might have been coming into the NFL. Maybe it was at the scouting combine or something like that. He had a scan done, and they said, "Uh, do you know that you only have one ACL? And he said, that's news to me. Well, they're not going to repair it. I mean, he's been dealing with it as a collegiate athlete in the NFL. Just has one ACL. He might have injured it as a kid and never got it repaired. I don't know. So just pretty interesting. So, Before we dive into the next category, which is looking at statistics, looking at some of the detailed minutia of why Heinz Ward truly does belong in the Hall of Fame, I think the next question you have to ask, or series of questions, is what is the criteria to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? This might be different for everyone. You would think that it would be kind of generalized. You know, uh, is it that you change the game somehow? Is it that you're just great in terms of statistics? Does it mean that you have to acquire certain accolades, whether it's Pro Bowls, All Pros, MVPs, something like that? Like, what is the criteria? That That is a question that no one really has an answer to unless you're someone that's voting on the process. And then, even then, I guarantee you every single person voting has a different criteria. And that's one of the problems with Hall of Fames in general. Not just the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You go into the baseball. Heck, even going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I guarantee you they have some of the same discussions about what actually does constitute a Hall of Famer. So when I think about why Heinz Ward, just from a general standpoint, should be in the Hall of Fame, let's start off by how he changed the game. In my opinion, he changed the way wide receivers are viewed in the National Football League. He might not have changed the way they they played the game offensively, but I'll tell you what he did do. He showed everyone, and I mean everyone, that wide receivers can hit and they can block, and they can do it in a vicious way. Hey, you're trying to knock my head off every time I come across the middle? Well, guess what? If I'm blocking, I'm trying to knock your head off going across the middle. He went after Ray Lewis. Ed Reed, we all know Keith Rivers remembers Heinz Ward, and that was the hit. Keith Rivers, linebacker of the Cincinnati Bengals, that was the hit that had an entire rule named after Heinz Ward for crackback blocks. Heinz Ward totally changed the game. I'll never forget the story that Troy Palomalu told. He's a rookie, and Heinz Ward was coming across the middle, and he stepped up, and Heinz popped him. And he said he had to go down on a knee, and Hines looked at him and said, I'm not your everyday wide receiver. And boy, doesn't that fit the bill when it comes to Hines Ward. But the funny thing is, is you can talk about all these 
Some are tangible, some are intangible. Heinz Ward's mentality, his toughness, his his ability to take a hit and get up and still be smiling, his tenacity at times, but he also had the statistics. So here's where he finishes on some of the all-time receiving records or on the list. So in terms of yardage, he finishes with 12,083 yards, which is 27th all-time in the National Football League for yardage. Receptions, he finishes with 1,000 even. I think we can all remember that 1,000th reception. I think it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had four, it's 14th overall, 14th in terms of total receptions. Touchdowns, this is just receiving touchdowns, mind you. Receiving touchdowns, 85, which is tied for 16th. Then if you want to get into the individual things you're talking about, he was a four-time Pro Bowler. He was a two-time Super Bowl champion, was played in three of them, and he was a Super Bowl MVP. He was a Super Bowl MVP. So I started to continue to do digging. I was kept digging. And so I was like, okay, I know that Heinz Ward has never been a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's never even been a finalist, folks. Keep that in the back of your mind as I continue on through this oral argument. But he's been a semi-finalist six times, basically every cycle since he retired and became eligible for the Hall of Fame. So he retired in 2011. You have to wait five years. So starting in 2016, every single year since he's been eligible, he has made it as a semi-finalist. But never once has he been a finalist for the Hall of Fame. It's worth noting that in the, the recent, I'm trying to think, Alan Fanica, which I think was a 2021 inductee. Remember, they did 2020 and 2021 all last season because of COVID-19. Alan Fanica had Heinz Ward uh, basically present him at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And this is something that's been done a lot. Tony Dungy did it with Donnie Shell, and Donnie Shell got in. Lynn Swan did it with John Stallworth, and then John Stallworth got in, or might have been vice versa. I can't remember off the top of my head. But still, so there's people lobbying for Heinz Ward to get more recognition. He's getting the recognition, just not what he deserves. So then I started looking into... Who are the wide receivers that have gotten into the Hall of Fame since 2016 when Heinz Ward became eligible? And none of these players, in my opinion, should not be in. I want to make that very clear before I start reading this list. I'm not suggesting that a player like in 2016, Marvin Harrison, should not be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that I think Heinz Ward should also be in the Hall of Fame. This is not to discredit anyone else. This is essentially me saying that I believe Heinz Ward deserves to be in with all these other players. So let me continue. 2016, as I said, Marvin Harrison gets in. Deserving. 2017, no receivers were in. 2018, Randy Moss and Terrell Owens, T.O., get into the Hall of Fame. Might not like them, but they probably deserve to be there. 2019, no wide receivers. The 2020 group, Isaac Bruce of the St. Louis Rams, he gets in. 2021, Megatron, Calvin Johnson gets in. So that's where we are right now since 2016. So then I started to just look at wide receivers that were in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm looking at these legendary players. Now, I did not want to go all the way back into the 70s and even into the 80s and early 90s. It was a different game. You cannot even look up like Lynn Swan and compare him to Heinz Ward. I mean, career length does play a factor, and Lynn Swan didn't play that long. But I'm looking at this and saying, 
when I'm thinking about all these players, I'm looking for players that were around the same time as Heinz Ward playing and similar styles of play who are already in. And I found two. Two players that are in the Hall of Fame already. One is Andre Reed, longtime Buffalo Bill, finished his career with the Washington Redskins. And then I'm looking at Chris Carter, who bounced around the league, started with Philadelphia, had his best years in Minnesota with the Vikings. And so what I decided to do, I decided to look at these players in terms of the same criteria that I had for Heinz Ward. So yardage. Okay, let's start with Chris Carter. And I still will always remember Chris Carter because I think a lot of people have a really good uh, image of Chris Carter because of the work he did behind the camera or in front of the camera after his playing career was done. I'll never forget on NFL primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson where what is what is the only thing that Chris Carter does? Catch touchdowns. Like that's what I remember. So Chris Carter, let's talk about him first. Yards. He finishes with 13,899 yards, which is 13th. I remember I said that Heinz Ward finished with 12,083 yards, which was 27th. Okay, let's continue. Receptions, Chris Carter, 1,101, which is sixth all time. We know Heinz Ward finished an even 1,000. Touchdowns, well, this is a big discrepancy. Chris Carter was a touchdown machine, 130 touchdowns, which is fourth all time. This isn't receiving all-time touchdowns, remind you. And... Hines finishes with 85. So I'm looking at all these. Chris Carter never won a Super Bowl. I don't think he ever went to the Super Bowl. He played from 1987 to 2002. He played 16 seasons. Hines Ward played from 1998 to 2011, 14 seasons. Two more years he played in the NFL. Two more years. You're looking at the yardage. You're looking at the receptions. I'm sorry, you give Hines two more years, he's going to have more catches than Chris Carter. You give him two more years, could he have 2,000 yards receiving and get over 14,000? I think he could. I think he could. It may be not, but he'd be a lot closer, I'll tell you that. Chris Carter deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, not taking the gold jacket away from him, just as a comparison. Here's where it gets really interesting. Let's go over to Andre Reid. Everyone knows that the Buffalo Bills in the 90s spent all those times, I think four Super Bowls, never won one. And Andre Reid was a fixture in that K-gun offense with Jim Kelly. Let's look at the numbers. Yardage. Andre Reed, 13,198. Again, Heinz Ward, 12,083. So Heinz is 27th. Andre Reed's 18th. Receptions. Andre Reed, 951. Well, we know Heinz Ward was at 1,000. So Heinz got him in the receptions. Touchdowns. Andre Reed, 87. Touchdowns for Heinz Ward, 85. Andre Reed played from 1985 to 2000. He played for 16 seasons. Andre Reed's in the Hall of Fame. Heinz Ward has shy, just two touchdowns shy. He has more receptions and isn't too far off in terms of yardage. And Andre Reed played two more years. Andre Reed went to a bunch of Super Bowls and didn't win any. Heinz Ward went to three, won two, and was an MVP. So someone tell me, after hearing all this, why Heinz Ward has not even been a freaking finalist to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Seriously, if you can make a case, and I doubt there will be anyone because we're all Steelers fans listening to this, if you can make a case after what I just said about Chris Carter and Andre Reid playing two more years than Heinz Ward did, and why Heinz Ward shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, send me a direct message on Twitter, and I will have you on my show, and we will debate it on Let's Ride. 
But someone tell me, and everyone wants to say, well, Jeff, Super Bowl shouldn't count. They shouldn't count. It's a team achievement. Okay, then what about a Super Bowl MVP? You get to the big game, you play a certain way, and you win the most valuable player in that game. Andre Reid went to four Super Bowls. How many MVPs does he have? None. Super Bowl wins? Zero. Okay, come on. This is what drives me nuts. This is what drives me nuts. And so you have Torrey Holt, who's vying for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Reggie Wayne. It's almost as if people are overlooking that Heinz Ward doesn't just have the toughness and the grit and the hard hitting, and he's going to knock you on your on your rear end. They, they're forgetting how good of a wide receiver he was. That his numbers in two less seasons match up with Chris Carter and Andre Reid, who are in the Hall of Fame. The more I looked at this, the more angry I got, and I could not believe, it's a travesty, that Heinz Ward hasn't even been a finalist yet. I'm fine with players having to wait, and Heinz Ward would have been a guy that was going to have to wait. But how in the world can you tell me that Andre Reid should be in the Hall of Fame and Heinz shouldn't even be a freaking finalist after all these years? Six cycles, and he's never been a finalist. I don't care about Steelers' bias. If you're voting on the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you get the best players in there. He's one of the best players, one of the best wide receivers. He changed the game. He changed the position. I'm sorry. I'm not getting off my soapbox. This pissed me off. I was furious as I looked up those statistics. Furious. Heinz Ward, if you're listening to this, and I'm going to tell all of my Ride or Die crew, when I post this podcast on on Wednesday, please go in and tag Heinz Ward. I'm going to tag him in it, and I hope he's listening. We're behind you. We're behind you. I'll do whatever it takes. I will tag the Pro Football Hall of Fame every single day with statistics like this garbage about Andre Reid and say he deserves to be in. He deserves it. And I'm, I, it's going to happen, but it needs to happen sooner than later. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, mailbag. Stay tuned. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I was really fired up there, so I'm not going to apologize about anything, by the way. I'm not going to apologize for anything that I said in that podcast. Stand by every word. If you're an Andre Reid fan, go back to Buffalo. No one needs you around here anyways. All right, let's get to the mailbag. Cody, Shield91, everyone knows him. He says, what specific moves do the Steelers need to make this offseason to remain competitive in 2022? I think the specific moves that you're talking about, it's not a quarterback. It really isn't, in my opinion. It's on the line. They need to bolster the offensive line and then add some pieces on the defensive front, and that includes like inside linebacker. You do that, you will be competitive. This Steelers roster is not as bad as people think. If they can add some free agents along the offensive line, get some key pieces on defense, I'm not talking about breaking the bank players. I'm talking about good value at those, at those signings. They will be just fine. Oh, and David from across the pond says, do you think Kendrick Green can become the center we hope he can be by working with Pouncey? If it doesn't work, do you see center as a major position of need? Hashtag ride or die crew. 
did I miss where Kendra Green is going to start working with Marquise Pouncey? I feel like I've, I feel like I would have known that. I, that's definitely an article for the website. If that is happening, tell, send me that link. Um, I, it, it wouldn't hurt. Not that I'm, I think it's going to happen. Um, if it doesn't work out, yes, they need a center. They definitely need a center. Brian Haynes, he says, hey, Jeff, sorry I missed last week. I got in a car accident and fractured my wrist. Yikes. With all the rumors swirling, what do you think is the most believable one? Trade for a quarterback? Spend big in free agency? Promote Khan and Hunt? Or something else? Hashtag ride or die crew. Okay. I'm going to say that the the most believable one is to promote Omar Khan slash Brandon Hunt. That's the most believable one, which is what you asked. But he asked another one, if you had the number one pick in the draft, who would you take? And then parentheses, another way to ask what is our biggest positional need. Uh, if I were the number one pick in the draft, I would still address the offensive line. I would. I'm just not crazy about this quarterback draft class. And that's why a lot of these mock drafts, the quarterback is not the overall pick, not the number one overall pick. Brian asks another one. Have you ever seen Facing the Giants? He said it's a great movie about football and overcoming adversity. Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. I've seen Little Giants, which is fantastic. Uh, I've often run the annexation of Puerto Rico, and it works every time. And also Zoltec is phenomenal in that movie. You ring. And if you've seen Little Giants, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Brandon asks, why do people keep complaining about who is calling the plays? The defense hasn't been our problem in a while. You know, it's funny. I said this uh, on Twitter. I, I saw that, um, you know, that the Houston Texans hired Lovey Smith. Great beard, by the way. What a beard. And uh, they said that he's going to continue. He was the defensive coordinator last year for the Texans. He's going to continue to call the plays. And so I quote tweeted it and jokingly said, Steeler fans think this is too much. And some people were like, well, it's just for our coach. Said, Come on, people. Like, head coaches – Still have a lot to do. Sean Payton, when he was with New Orleans, still called the plays. Andy Reid still calls the plays in Kansas City. Like This is not abnormal, people. It's just maybe that you don't like Mike Tomlin, in which case it's totally different. But, hey, I don't care who calls the plays. Uh, the defense will be just fine. I think Terrell Austin is going to be great also, by the way, if he is officially hired, which hasn't happened yet. Get all, you know, crap or get off the pot, Steelers. Let's go. Cheeseball10 says, looking back, was Ebron a wasted signing? He did never seem to fit what the Steelers wanted to do and was hampered by injuries. So I think that Ebron in the Randy Feetner offense wasn't a bad signing. And he actually had a decent year in Pittsburgh. But once they promoted Matt Canada, Matt Canada is not looking for that type of tight end. He wants a Pat Fryermuth. He wants even a Zach Gentry or a Kevin Rader. Give me a guy that can block, but can also run, can also catch, and that's when they'll really utilize that tight end well. No matter what Eric Ebron did, he just was never going to be that two-way tight end. So in that regard, was it a wasted timing? I don't think so. Was it wasted under and under Canada? Maybe a little bit, but he was always injured too, which you brought up, so good question. Daily Joint Company says, Jeff, you may have to ask the hashtag nerds of steel person. <laughs> that would be our stat geek, Dave Schofield. But is there any way to restructure Zach Banner's contract next year? I feel like with the contract he was given, it was obviously because they liked the guy. I really wonder if they would still want to bring him back, but cheaper. But my question for you is, well, let me go to that first one. If you restructure the deal, the guy's going to get his money no matter what. So you say cheaper, and what that means is that you would just be restructuring the deal and kicking the can down the road. 
To me, if the guy is disappointing, you cut ties with him, and if he goes out there and no one wants him, then you bring him back on a new contract. But I'm not interested in restructuring Zach Banner's contract. Not at all. Could they? Possibly. Should I? Should they? I don't think so. He goes on, but my question for you is, if his deal is reworkable, would you bring Banner back with the hopes of him being a starter? Hashtag ride or die crew. No. Like I just said, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of over it. He's a great guy. It was a great story in 2019 with the tackle eligible. He and Duck Hodges went back and forth on social media. Oh, it was great fun. But no, your best ability is your availability. And everyone makes fun of Mike Tomlin for saying that about Terrell Edmonds. But when you flip the script and talk about Zach Banner, everyone says he's hurt too much. It's the same thing. Come on, people. Okay, so Believers, I'm not saying what he always has in his thing now. He says, am I the only person that is considering trading out of the first round, picking up some extra picks, and addressing the holes all over the team? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. No, you're not the only one considering trading out of the first round. The thing is, is that I say it all the time. People always want to talk about trades. Matty Peverell, love him to death, one of our touchdown under guys. He will put in our Slack channels all these mock simulators these mock draft simulators and in last year i had to say something because i swear the steelers ended up with 24 picks it felt like he made 15 trades you you have to have a trade partner so you have to have a team that wants to get back into the first round at pick 20 and then you got to entertain what are you getting back for it are you getting a second are you getting a third you're obviously going to swap out of the first i think the steelers in if the situation was right they would definitely entertain trading back but you have to have someone that wants to trade up. So that's always the sticking point. And people always say, trade back, trade back. If no one wants to move up, you can't trade back. Let's try to think about that. Amon Singh says, how different is this year compared to 2004? Example, there is talk about getting a quarterback that fits Canada's system one year on the job. In 2004, I believe Wisenhunt was in his first year, so was Ben selected specifically to fit into his system. That's a good question, and I'm trying to think back to 2004, and people have to remember, the news about the team was not like it is now. In 2004, you had to rely on like ESPN, and you had to rely on, um, I guess, Steelers.com. If you had, you know, if you, black people didn't really have like self, like this type of cell phone, you know, like the uh, the smartphones and stuff like that. Like that, that wasn't a thing in 2004, and so I don't really know what Wisenhunt was looking for in a quarterback. I don't want to say yes or no. I will say that it's it's definitely unique in the fact that Canada is going to get to kind of find a quarterback, hopefully, that fits his system. But just because in 2004 it was so different, I was still in college. I was graduated in 05 uh, from college. So um, good comparison. I'd have to do some digging, to be completely honest. Next question. Todd Hall says, other than Minka, who is the one free agent – we can't let get away. Is Juju a leader? And if so, is he the leader we need in the wide receiver room? Okay, so first and foremost, Minka Fitzpatrick is not a free agent. The Steelers picked up his fifth-year option, which means that he is under contract for this season, at least, you know, he's at least in under contract this upcoming 2022 season. After that, he would then become a free agent. However, as there's an article going to be on the website Wednesday at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Steelers, where I'm going to analyze Minka Fitzpatrick's trade value. Or nice trade value. His market value. Goodness, don't trade him. His market value. And you have to check that out. It's a, I, I was really proud of the way that article turned out. But to answer your question, the other um, 
The other free agent, honestly, I was a big proponent of keeping Juju Smith-Schuster. And then the more I thought about it, the price that they paid him to play in 2021, if he leaves, he leaves. You know, if he if he goes somewhere else, I'm not breaking the bank to keep him. And maybe that wide receiver room needs is a veteran. I mean, a veteran's going to come in and say, this is how you do things. I've been around. I've had success. Juju's been around. But I can't say that his impact on the wide receiver room has been good or great. So I'm almost like, hey, that's fine. You can go. You can go. Uh, for me, the free agent I don't want to see get, get away is uh, Montrevious Adams. If I'm going to go another one, it's Akello Witherspoon. If I'm going to go another one, it's Terrell Edmonds. Those three on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side, there's no one that I'm really like breaking the bank to keep, to be 100% honest with you. Corey Eckenroth asks, if the Steelers sign their preferred free agents and it leaves the cupboard light, does it signal quantity versus quality this year in the draft? Or does it mean they scour the scrap heaps before slash during during training camp? So for me, I look at this and I say that the Steelers, in terms of free agents, their own, they're going to keep who they want, that they feel like they can afford. They're going to bring in others. And yeah, they probably will keep an eye on who gets cut and released from other teams. They've been known to do that. They've been they've been able to find some actual starters that way. I think of Ross Cockrell as a good example. So they're going to find a way to fill out the roster. You shouldn't worry about that. MDibs24 says, I like this defensive back class. How would you feel with a cornerback or safety in the first three rounds? I would be fine with either. If the Steelers aren't, if they have a, uh, they know, for instance, if Terrell Edmonds goes elsewhere, get a safety. And I feel like you can get a safety on day two who can make an impact right away. Uh, a cornerback, they knew they do need a cornerback. I mean, if they can keep Hayden and or Witherspoon, preferably Witherspoon over Hayden due to age, that's a then that changes everything. But no, I would be okay. One, I'd be hundred percent okay with that. Uh, M Dibs also asked the next. He said, "Who in the?" <laughs> this is funny. It's quite a funny question. Who in the BTSC staff would win in a slap fight? I have to be honest. I have not seen all of the BTSC staff in person. Um, I've met. Well, obviously, I know I, I live in the same town as Dave and Brian, uh, so I know them. I would say just from meeting Dave Schofield, he's the largest, one of the largest humans I've ever met. <laughs> he would probably win in a slap fight, just saying. He's huge, tall guy. All right, Nick Clark says, do you see right guard or center as a bigger need? I think the Steelers need to bring in both, but I see right guard is more urgent because we don't have anyone there, at least not that I'm aware of, and I'm hoping Kendrick Green can compete for the starting spot again. Maybe he can make a jump like J.C. Hasnauer did. Well, first, I'm glad that you actually leave it out there as an un- you leave it open that Kendrick Green can actually improve his play. Like that is a possibility. Sometimes rookies do get better. Like that is an option. Um, in terms of which is a bigger need, I think right guard is a huge need. I really do think it's a big need. And uh, you think about center, that's an important position as well. But if they're going to address in free agency, I think they're going to go after a guard before they go after a center. Mainly because J.C. Hasnauer did make a jump, and they're probably hoping that Kendrick Green pans out. And you know, in free agency, you get a guard. Maybe in the draft, you get a guy that can play center as well. So they have options. But I would go with guard first. Lori says, thoughts on Lewis Riddick? being interviewed for the GM position, do you think the Steelers will hire him? Hashtag Ryder Die Crew. Question. Good question, Lori. Longtime listener. Um, I- I'm not crazy about Lewis Riddick as an announcer. I'll tell you that. 
And on, I don't know much about him from a scouting perspective. He's a name. He's a name that people know. They know him because they watch Monday Night Football and they hear him. And he talks. He's a good speaker. And people like to hear him talk about the draft and this, that, and the other. All I know is this. The dude's been on a million GM interviews and has never gotten hired. To me, that's telling. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Justin Mitchell asks, in your opinion, should the Steelers go after Tampa Bay center, I think it's Ryan Jensen, in free agency instead of drafting a center and move green to right guard? So if the Steelers want to get a player... And I said this on Monday, how you can't be, the Steelers cannot be short-sighted in this offseason. If Jensen's going to sign for a multi-year deal, then yeah, go after a guy like Jeff Hardings and get him at the end of their career where they can still play and you lock up that position for a long time. But if he's only at like, you know, one or two years, I'm not interested. If they're going to pay top dollar for a center, you want to keep him for a while. Um all right, Eric asks, who is a prized free agent at any position that you would like to see the Steelers go after slash sign this offseason? I feel like we need we have a need for a top cornerback. Well, uh, the top cornerbacks are going to cost a lot of money, and I think that in that respect, they would probably just want to keep Akella Witherspoon if they can afford him. Um, and some of those free agents that I really want the Steelers to get are on their roster. I do want them to get bring back Edmonds. I talked about Adams. I talked about Witherspoon. Give me those three. If those are the only three free agents they sign, I would be happy. I'd be really happy. Then whatever space you have left, let's go after some bigger fish. That's my thought. Alexander says, uh, ask Terrell Austin will be the signal caller or Mike Tomlin will keep the calls for the defense. Uh, I don't know. I I'm not believing all this crap on the internet, okay? That's just, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sit there and believe what one person says about this, that, or the other. Now, Keith Butler said, sure, you'd like to call the defense. Well, what does that mean? I mean, I, I don't get that. Trust me, I'm just putting the, I'm pumping the brakes on all this stuff. If Terrell Austin's a defensive coordinator, you know, he was brought in by Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's going to give him every opportunity to prove his worth. We'll see how it goes. I don't really want to comment too much on that. All right, and Penbotter says, same question I asked Dave. If Pickett and Linderbaum are available, who would you pick? Who would the Steelers pick? For me, I would go up front first. Um, I'd go with Linderbaum. I think the Steelers pick, they'd probably go Pickett. Just to be honest, they'd probably go Pickett. They'd probably try to get the quarterback. But, hey, that's why I am sitting here talking on a podcast and why they make millions of dollars with the National Football League. That's the big difference. So with that being said, uh, that's it. That's the mailbag. Great job, Ride or Die crew. Rebounded well from last week. And I hope you enjoyed the Heinz Ward spiel at the beginning of the show. Gosh, I love Heinz Ward. After, after Ben Roethlisberger, he was probably one of my all-time favorite Steelers, and it just sucks that he doesn't get the credit he deserves. So I'm hey, let's bring it to light. If you follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, when I put this out there, tag Heinz in it. Say, Heinz, you got to check this podcast out. Let's let him know that Steeler Nation and the Ride or Die crew is behind him. Help me out by helping him out. It all works for everyone. That does it for me. I'll be back on Friday with Blue Check Beck, hopefully. Talk about the Super Bowl as well as give you our picks for the Super Bowl. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, 
wherever you get your podcasts. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You don't want to miss any of the morning content, the live mic on Tuesday, the Stat Geek on Thursday, all of our noon lineup. Jeffrey Benedict hit it out of the park with the cutting room floor this week. Check that out. And then also in the afternoon, you got the hangover, the Scobro Show, uh, Know Your Enemy, which is now the Steel Behind. Uh, it's a uh, something. I forgot. The Steelers preview. Hang out with Tony on Friday nights. The Touchdown Undercrew over the weekend. Check them all out on our audio platform. Wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do. And you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. I'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.